Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, breaking news from NBC4. Ohio voters will not be going to the polls tomorrow. Within the hour, Governor Mike DeWine announced the polls would be closed because of a health emergency. Dr. Amy Acton issuing this order late tonight to stop the election. Good evening, I'm Jared Smalley. I'm Colleen Marshall. It's been a wild night of legal scrambling. The state losing an effort in Franklin County Common Police Court filed on behalf of elderly voters who argued they would lose their constitutional right to vote because they fear exposure to the deadly coronavirus. It set off a night of legal scrambling until the Ohio Health Director, Amy Acton, issued that order to block voting. But the legal fight is not over. NBC4's Mark Taylor was there in the courtroom and was the first to report the judge's order today. And he is live right now with the Ohio Secretary of State. Mark? Colleen, from confusion to clarity, we've now confirmed that Ohio will not be having its primary election tomorrow as scheduled. A lot of questions remain tonight, and to answer those questions for us tonight is Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, Mark. What do we have to say to voters at this hour? Well, what we have to say to voters is that the governor made a difficult decision in conjunction with Dr. Acton. I mean, to be clear, uh, up until last night, we were prepared to conduct an election. Ohio's poll workers had responded. Ohio's election officials had responded and we were ready based on their advice uh, at that time well that advice changed dramatically this morning and when uh, the lieutenant governor and the governor and, and the health director called and said uh, that it's now their judgment that with the new CDC guidance and with the guidance that uh, that they were issuing that it was not going to be safe for poll workers or for voters to show up at the polls the health director issued her her, uh, her order today uh, just moments ago I I sent out the directive to, to establish that clarity we want the voters of Ohio to know that they will have their voice heard that we're going to hold an election my guidance is that that election will happen on june 2nd and that between now and then ohioans have the chance to vote by mail a fair and free election is my mission and that's my focus right now and we know with that uh, emerging declaration about the health emergency um the question a lot of voters might be having is why did we do that to begin with why go mm -hmm. through this legal avenue and have this lawsuit yeah you know i i, I don't want to uh, uh you know sort of question what the the decisions that were made by the legal teams there both from my office and from the governor but i think that um you know it's a bit of an unprecedented uh, thing to uh, have to move an election date like this and so we were trying to make sure that we were finding the right legal remedy but ultimately difficult decisions had to be made this is what leadership is about making tough decisions and when it comes down to protecting the health and safety of ohioans that's ultimately the top responsibility that any elected official has i think that the governor moved to protect the health and safety of ohioans i think that my move tonight is meant to create the and will create the the certainty uh, the stateliness 
process uh, that people need about our elections, and they'll know that their voice will be heard between now and June 2nd. And Ohioans also know that the polls will be closed tomorrow, but we will have an election day come June, and this also will continue to work its way through the courts. I expect that, and and certainly that's uh, something that we anticipate. In fact, we're already preparing for those legal briefs, but uh, I'll tell you that, uh, again, my mission is free and fair elections. Uh, I sent out the guidance to our 88 boards of elections tonight that uh, my direction is to prepare for an election on June 2nd and to uh, uh, prepare for vote by mail between now and then. All right, and we'll meet it when it does. All yes, right. indeed. Thanks so much for Thank speaking you, sir. with us tonight. Yeah. Colleen, as you said earlier, it has been a wild night for all of Ohioans, but we can now say with clear, concise clarity that Ohio will not be having its primary election tomorrow. A lot of questions may remain about that legal battle, though. We will stay on top of that. While local for you in downtown Columbus, though, Mark Taylor, NBC4. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for sharing with a friend. I am your host, Matt Truman. Today is May 2nd. It's almost election day. Remember that? When Frank (laughs) Trump endorsed Frank LaRose. (laughs) Remember when I said I wasn't a a big Trump fan? I'm a Trump fan, but I'm not a big Trump fan. (laughs) I'm lukewarm on the Trumpster. He's done some good things, but uh, I'm going to tell you what. If... This podcast, I'll say this, we're about to blow up, as in we're about to blow up like a balloon, not like an IED. We're about to blow up like a balloon because this podcast is growing and I appreciate you folks listening, downloading, sharing with a friend. It's an audio podcast. I love radio. I've always loved talk radio. That's why I do this. I've, I love podcasts. That's why I do this. Also, I'm interested in politics. That's why I do this. It's just, it's fun. Get a, Do a podcast, folks. I'm telling you, it's fun. Anyway, today, tomorrow, whenever you listen to this, we're talking about the election here in Ohio, okay? This weekend, Saturday, me and my friend, the Red Rooster, Waylon Fortner, he's a minister. He preaches the fire gospel, and he makes fun of me for being a a Catholic, but you know what? It is what it is. I still love the guy, right? He's a, he's a great minister. He preaches the fire folks. Y'all listen to it. It's on, uh, it's the gospel message on Facebook. Check it out. We post it sometimes on our Facebook page and he's got a podcast, the gospel message on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever you put Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can check it out, but he does a live broadcast Every Thursday at 7 p.m., I got to walk into his little studio. He's listening to this right now. I know he is. What's up, homie? Anyway, it's a, it's a brilliant studio. It kind of I, I went in and he's got lights and cameras in action, right? And I was like, man, I need to do something like that. So, folks, Truman's Town Hall. We're about to build, and I've been meaning to do this for a long time. I'm going to build a studio. We're going to do some videos. But right now I'm fat and I don't want to, <laughs> I got a face for radio and I don't, I don't want to get on, but we, we need to, because we need to reach more folks. 
uh, I got fired up with Waylon, the Red Rooster. Uh, we went to a event hosted by Resistance Chicks and the Harvest Revival Center with the pastor, uh, the the head pastor Neil Peterson, who just so happens to be running for governor in the state of Ohio as an independent. We had him here on the podcast. So, you know, I was flipping around through Facebook and I seen that event and I said, I'm going to show up. Folks, they had a lot of different candidates. Uh, Jennifer Gross, she's a representative in the state of Ohio. Uh, Joe Blythestone is running for governor as well. Uh, along with Neil Peterson, he showed up. I mean, they just had a, a, a big group of folks. Uh, I, I'm not sure who all they invited, but uh, I know some folks didn't make it. I know some folks didn't show up. One of them that stands out was the dude that just ran for mayor in Dayton, who's now running for Montgomery County Commissioner, Renz Bowers, I think his name is. He was on the list, but he didn't show. So I don't know if he was a no-show or he was a he called in sick. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but he wasn't there. I was, I was, he was one of the ones I was interested in listening to, even though I don't live in Montgomery County. Folks, we're going to talk about Ohio today. And I just played, you know, we opened with Frank LaRose. Trump endorsed Frank LaRose. I'm not voting for Frank LaRose. I'm not doing it. All right. So he was talking about how health and welfare of everyone is their number one priority. Folks, I, I have a, listen, listen to this. That's a copy of the Constitution of the United States, um, copy of the Ohio Constitution. I don't see health and welfare being the number one priority. I know what the number one, I know the First Amendment is, um, you know, we, we, we call it freedom of speech, but we talk about it a lot here because it's super important. Congress shall, not make, uh, shall make no laws respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for the redress of grievance. I got that, right? Article 1, that's, that's in the Constitution. Um, section one, all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of Senate and House representatives. Did the, uh, Ohio Senate or representatives, did they, they vote on this extension of an election? No, no, they didn't. Uh, it was just your governor in Ohio, currently our governor in Ohio, uh, Mike DeWine, who said, nah, his appointed bureaucrat doctor amy acton no we're not doing frank larose nope nope can't do it i got my lawyers in there fighting fighting to cancel the election too whoa Whoa, really that's not america that's not america and it turns out are you wearing a mask right now no you're not are you wearing one to work if you're not in the medical field probably not right in the medical field oh everybody's wearing a mask interesting oh well uh i'm a nurse I have to wear a mask. All right. Uh, it, <laughs> it is what it is. So I won't be voting for Frank LaRose. There's another fellow out there, though. And I'm, I, I, I saw this person speak at the Resistance Chicks and Harvest Revival Center uh, Patriots Unite rally. Um, his name's John Adams. Dude. <laughs> Dudettes. That's a killer name. 
here's a little bit, and I'm going to borrow from the Resistance Chicks live stream. Over on Truman's Town Hall Facebook page, I live streamed Joe Blythestone and Neil Peterson's speech. When I did it, though, I love listening to these speeches, and but I want to get it out there so if other folks can, can listen to different things, right? If uh, Jim Rancini was there, I would have uh, live streamed his. He wasn't. I don't think DeWine was invited, so I couldn't have live streamed his. But those two folks, uh, Peterson and Blystone, I live streamed it. It's on our Facebook page. Check it out. Pretty good sound dudes to me. Sounds like. I think uh, when I go to the polls on Tuesday, this is just me speaking, right? No endorsement. I'm just saying I might be pulling the lever for Blystone for the primary. Peterson's going to be running for an independent, so he skirts around that primary action. And he did get the signatures he needed to get on the ballot. Hopefully, they're all in line and <laughs> the Secretary of State <laughs> certifies them. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> That'll be interesting to uh, watch, and I'll update you on that. But anyway, I'm going to play you a little bit of John Adams' uh, speech or stump speech or talk with everybody. He's running for Secretary of State. The guy is a Navy SEAL. I mean... Thank you for your service, bro. Republican endorsements, right. right? Well, there was an endorsement that happened recently by Trump and by the Republican Party, and it was for a certain secretary of state. Well, then there's another guy running for secretary of state, and he's with us tonight. Would you come on up here? John Adams, Navy SEAL, entrepreneur, father of seven kids. I mean, that should get you elected, and you know, <laughs> we did an interview with, with John, and I was highly impressed, and I would get to meet him in person. There was another awesome event that's happening right now tonight. <laughs> John could have gone to that one. I said, hey, John, what event are you going to? He's, he said, literally live on our interview, I'm coming to your event. <laughs> so John is a man of integrity. Give it up for John Adams! Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I just came from a church. Now I'm in Neil's church. And I'll be in church tomorrow morning at 730 because my son has to serve. So maybe somebody's trying to tell me something. I am John Adams. I'm 62 years old. Married to Tara for 38 years. <laughs> we, have, we have seven children. And... Uh, I served in the Navy, as they said, for, for uh, 1983 to 1987. I was fortunate enough and lucky enough to get through the program and SEAL Team 3. It was, a, it, was a great, it was a great time in my life. I enjoyed it very much. I'm a small business owner and been doing that for about 38 years. And I'm fortunate enough because my two sons are now in the business, business which has allowed me to stand before you today. Uh, fourth generation, it's great. Uh, as you know, if you're a business owner, it's work. It's work. And I see dark clouds on the horizon with this economy, and uh, we'll be batting down the hatches and preparing. But it's great that my sons are in the business. Served in the legislature for eight years. Eight years, and six of those years, I served in leadership. So I've seen the good the bad and the ugly. They asked me to run for state representative when Nino Vitale was being termed out. And I said, no, 
I'm not going back. Um, so we had an election in 2020, and polling shows that people, the voters, doesn't matter what state you're in, do not trust their election processes. They just don't. And I don't blame them. Because the machines have been faulty and vulnerable for decades. A poll, real quick. 58% of voters believe cheating was likely in the 2020 election. 57% want audits for the 2020 election. 69% say Zuckerbucks is bad for American democracy. 70% 70, 70 say wider use of mail-in voting will lead to cheating. And 76% requiring a photo ID to vote is reasonable measure to protect the integrity of our elections. This is what the polling shows, a Rasmussen poll taken in February of this year. That's what you want. That is exactly what you, the voter, wants. And then on Saturday, President Trump stood on stage and said, restore the integrity of our elections. We, we must have universal voter ID, citizenship confirmation, no more drop boxes, no private money, one-day voting, paper ballots, no mail-in ballots, rigged and stolen, and Republicans must get smart. Good luck. Because there's not one piece of legislation moving through the House right now or the Senate regarding anything about our elections. You know why? Because Trump won by eight points and there's nothing to see. Wrong. Polling consistently shows and we had a uh, Heritage Foundation say in their election integrity scorecard Three words, look it up, we're ranked 21st. But you've been told by our politicians and our Secretary of State that we have the gold standard in Ohio. Safest and most secure elections ever after the 2020 election. That's what all your politicians will tell you in every state. It simply isn't true. We're ranked 21st, and that's a far cry from the gold standard platform that they tell you that we're, that we're on. How about voter ID? Voter ID. Right now, everybody in here can walk in with an electric bill and vote. You can present yourself seven different ways to vote in Ohio. I want to see a strict government-issued photo ID, period. <laughs> Now, you would think that would be the easiest thing. Just throw us a bone there, legislature. Just throw us a bone. Make, give us a photo ID. But no, we haven't seen that forever. And every one of those that I rattled off that Trump stated and what you want, Frank LaRose, your current Secretary of State, has never endorsed, pushed, or advocated one not one single one of those items not one if you know his record and i don't blame you they don't want you to know his record you would vote him out we would win yes
because in 2020, they canceled the primary and they did not, they ignored the Constitution, they broke their oath, and they did not have the constitutional authority to do so. Only one, only one entity can do that, and you know that. That's the legislature is the only entity that can change the date of an election. Zuckerbucks. <laughs> How stupid do you have to be? Would you have taken the money? Not one person in here would have taken that money to be spent in our elections. Why would you? The arbiter of putting us in silos and canceling your free speech. $1.3 million taken into the Secretary of State's office and $7.5 million spent in Ohio in 44 counties, but they'll tell you it was only used for COVID safety measures. I would audit those dollars as your Secretary of State and see how those are spent. I will get rid of all the drop boxes. That I can do. That I can do. Keep in mind that everything that goes on in that office has to be put into law. I have to work with the legislature. I will be your voice. I will get rid of all the drop boxes. I will do a forensic audit. Come on. <laughs> I'm ready for oh, that. Okay. I wondered who was yelling at me. Um, I, will do a I will do a forensic audit to see where our problems are. All the processes. Do the forensic audit. The voter rolls are a mess. I can also cancel Eric. Cancel Eric, which is, which is, 31 states belong to it, seed money by George Soros, and a pilot project by the Pew Charitable Foundation years ago, yet 31 states use it currently, member states, to scrub our voter rolls that are still Swiss cheese. Our voter rolls, best way to clean those voter rolls? Aside from starting from scratch, scratch everything, make you re-register, and then go vote. It's probably the best way, but it's going to be the hardest way. That would, that would be the most difficult sell to the legislature, I am sure. But canvassing is the key. I will spend time, effort, and money to canvass the red spots, the hot spots, where we know nobody lives. Okay, they're out there. They're out there in our in our state, and I will look for fraud, find fraud, and prosecute fraud. The sanctity of your vote. It's all we have left, ladies and gentlemen. And, and we have found out that they have stolen it from you. Donald Trump won that election. I, I, I really hope and I wish, well, I can't change it now, but 2,000 mules, I wish it would have came out a month ago, a month ago. But the point is, we've been lied to about our election processes in Ohio. 
I want to tighten our election laws while our current Secretary of State has loosened them and will continue to loosen them. He was endorsed by Donald J. Trump, my most favorite president ever. My first one ever was Ronald Reagan. But that's okay. I'm sticking with my Trumpster. I love the guy. I love his policies. He's my president. He's allowed to make mistakes, and he did. I'll look the other way. But I want to be your Secretary of State. You can trust me with your vote. I will do the work. I will be your voice. I ask you for your vote on Tuesday, and I thank you very much. All right, right, that was from the Resistance Chicks event. Patriot Candidates Unite. Go over to their Facebook page, their Rumble page, their YouTube page. Give them a like. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Do all that stuff. Um, it, It was a fantastic event there at the Harvest Revival Center in Brookville, Ohio. It was a fantastic event. I enjoyed it tremendously. From what I'm told, the lemon cakes were amazing were amazing i did have the coffee that was amazing i tried the coffee with a little bit of the caramel macchiato and it was it was amazing living in ohio i love it i was born and raised here in ohio i was born and raised in huber heights i was well i was born at good samaritan but i was brought home to countryside acres my my folks at the time, my mom was 24, my dad was like 28, and they had an apartment at Countryside Acres, okay? I grew up in Huber Heights. I love my hometown, Huber Heights. I love it. I wish I lived there today. I wish the government wasn't the way it is today, or I would have never left. But it is what it is. As I ramble, I think about who Trump supported. He also endorsed J.D. Vance. And I've, I have I watched some of the Senate debates because, thank goodness, Rob Portman is, <laughs> is stepping down. And it's opening the door to some, some patriot candidates, right? J.D. Vance on I'm, – I'm, I'm going to play a clip from J.D. Vance. But uh, we're also going to play the clip from Trump's endorsement. J.D. Vance seems like a good guy. J.D. Vance talks very fluidly. He doesn't have that politician tone like Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel throws me the wrong way. And it's no wonder that Ted Cruz endorsed Josh Mandel because I'd lived in Texas for three years. And I voted for Ted Cruz when I lived in Texas. Okay? But... I didn't vote for him in the primary against Trump. No, I voted for Trump. I did both times. I voted for Trump in the primary, but I'm not a huge Trump fan. I'm not like, you know, ah, he can do nothing wrong. No, I'm upset about Operation Warp Speed. I'm upset about a lot of different things, right? His demeanor and everything else. But it is what it is. He's not my first favorite president. That would have to be Ronald Reagan. And I own Ronald Reagan's speeches on cassette tape. That's how old I am. (laughs) My 
when I get a text message, it says, Mr. Gor- it's Ronald Reagan, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I love Ronald Reagan. I, I think he was our best president, but that's just me. I ran Contra, Matt. I know. I know. There's no perfect human. So anyway, without further ado, this is Trump talking about J.D. Vance, and then we'll go into the Senate debate, and we'll talk about who I think. It's not an endorsement, but who I think I'm going to vote for come Tuesday. That's why I'm very pleased to introduce the man with by far the best chance to defeat the radical Democrat nominee for the U.S. Senate this November. And you know what? You know what? He's a guy that said some bad shit about me. He did. He did. But you know what? Every one of the others did also. In fact, if I went by that standard, I don't think I would have ever endorsed anybody in the country. You want to know? They all said bad, but they all came back. But I will tell you, he, he was tough, and but the others were tough, and they all, a lot of them said some really bad things. And ultimately, I put that aside. By the way, he's been, like, uh, incredible in the last period of time, long period of time. And so have the others, for the most part. I guess in all cases, the others. But I have to do what I have to do. We have to pick somebody that can win. And this guy is, he's tough, he's smart, he's a former Marine. He's a Yale-educated lawyer, a great student. You know, went to Yale, got a law degree. He's a great student. He's a fearless MAGA fighter. He fights like crazy, and he loves Ohio. And he, frankly, he's a great Buckeye. So what I'd like to do is ask J.D. Vance... forward i want to pick somebody that's going to win and this man is going to win come on up jd ohio do we love this guy ladies and gentlemen All I'll say is it is time to send Republicans who know what time it is. We've got big tech censoring conservatives. We've got a crazy fake president who will buy energy from Putin and the scumbags of Venezuela, but won't buy it from middle class Ohioans. We've got a ridiculous leadership, even on the Republican side, that tries to undo some of the best things that Donald Trump did over the past four years, things that no other president has done. It is time to send people who know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I'm running for Senate, and that's why we're going to win and take this state back. wasn't always nice, but the simple fact is he's the best president of my lifetime, and he revealed the corruption in this country like nobody else. again the Republican who knows what time it is the best president of my lifetime the great Donald J Trump I gotta be honest I've never ever watched hillbilly eulogy that was the 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 movie that came out about JD Vance's life 
Is he a Hollywood Republican? Huh? This is the question I have. How did he get a movie made in Hollywood being a Trump uh, supporter? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or, or was he a Trump supporter? We sat down recently with J.D. Vance, author of Hillbilly Elegy. Now, Vance's book has been credited with identifying the so-called forgotten Americans who helped carry Donald Trump to his unexpected victory. A year into the Trump administration, Vance wars those voters might well be disappointed if the president's rhetoric doesn't match reality. I started writing the book back in 2013, and of course no one at that time, certainly not me, knew what we were going to see with the nomination and then, the, of course, the election of Donald Trump. So definitely thought that when the book was coming out, and this is June of 2016, hard to believe it's been that long, I thought that a lot of folks would be trying to ask questions about who the Trump voter was. And of course, that's a little bit about what my, my book is about. I don't mention Donald Trump, but I certainly talk a lot about uh, people people living in a certain part of the country, people from a certain demographic segment who did overwhelmingly support the president, both in the nominating contest, but also, of course, in the general election. For that community that you write about in the book and that you grew up in, what do you think those larger truths are that they heard that he spoke to in ways they hadn't heard before? I think one of the, the, the most important larger truths that he spoke to is the importance of jobs in the life of the community. If, if you think about Republican rhetoric, let's say, during the campaign of Mitt Romney, very focused on the noble entrepreneur, very focused on the job creator, but not so much on the worker. And if you think of of the rhetoric of of modern Democrats, it's often so focused on government that people don't accept, or I think a lot of those, a lot of folks on the left don't appreciate that that people don't want to hand out, they don't want government support, and they don't, from the right, want people to talk about the noble entrepreneur. What they want is, is people to recognize the dignity of working people. And I think that what was genius about the politics of Trump's campaign is that he focused on workers and he focused on jobs. It wasn't about the wealthy entrepreneur with a private jet. It wasn't about a government handout. It was about the folks in the middle. In the conversation about the tax bill, as an example, he doesn't talk about supply-side economics. He doesn't talk about any theory at all. When the president talks about tax reform, he talks about the people who will benefit. He talks about American jobs. He talks about the fact that we're going to be taking money that's overseas and bring it back to the United States so that it will employ American workers. I think that focus, again, on the American working and middle class is, is, is to me, the, the, the most thoughtful and, in some ways, the most genius part of Trump's approach to politics. And I will tell you, uh, having attended more than 75 Trump rallies, there were times when I would laugh to myself when he would say— 
every dream you've ever dreamed is going to come true, and America's going to get back winning again. I thought, oh, come on, this even by political standards, this is sort of uh, cotton candy taken sure. to the maximum level. And yet, having read your book, it occurs to me the concept of putting winning or victory central to it, to people who maybe feel like they've either become losers or forgotten. That was much more powerful than I thought or mm -hmm. imagined at the time. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, well, I, I think that that sense of loss is really important. The idea that 30 or 40 years ago, things were really going well, and now they've started to disintegrate. Not just our work life, but our family life and a lot of other issues on top of that. Do you think there is a danger for Trump going forward, the president going forward, and these voters that his rhetoric and their expectations may never match. I think that that's certainly a concern. Uh, it's a political concern for the Trump administration, but it's a concern for Americans. It's a ground I think level a lot, concern. Absolutely. Uh, it's a concern for a lot of folks who really do expect things to get a whole lot better. One of the things I really worry about is that if you don't see middle class wage growth, if you don't see the economy in certain areas of the country, the middle part of the country, starting to come back in the same way that it's doing, especially well, let's say, in California or New York, then people are going to become politically frustrated, but more importantly, they're going to have a lot of hope stash, the sense that maybe this is the moment, this is the electoral moment where a lot of our fortunes turn around, that that's going to disappear, and consequently folks are going to be pretty upset about it. And part of your next phase of life is to deal with this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the things that I'm working on with Steve Case is this uh, Rise of the Rest initiative that, that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. If you look at where the net job growth comes, it comes from high-growth startup companies. And unfortunately, you don't... All right. That was J.D. Vance on Face the Nation with former Fox News contributor... Major Garrett, or reporter, or whatever you want to say. He now works for uh, CBS News, at least he did four years ago, where I drew that clip from. Folks, I listened to the Senate debate, not the one where Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel were like face-to-face -face and talking tough, but nobody threw any blows. Y'all's weak, son. Like Jake Paul, I will take both of you in the octagon or a boxing. No, I'm just kidding. Folks, folks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Why do I say ladies and gentlemen and folks all the time? I don't know. But anyway, J.D. Vance. I think I'm going to pull the trigger on J.D. Vance for Senate. I think so. And I hope I'm not making a mistake. Uh, I don't know. I voted for John Kerry in the primaries, so it could happen. <laughs> Back when he was running against uh, Bush, but he was also running against Hillary Clinton. So when I was listening to the recent Senate debate here in Ohio to take over Rob Portman, my son, <laughs> he used to see Rob Portman videos all the time. He loved Rob Portman and Trump, and he still loves Trump. I think he wants a Trumpy bear. The wind howled through the forest. Now, America's favorite and most talked about bear is back. Introducing the one and only original and newly redesigned Trumpy bear. 
my son oh it's hilarious he 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 doesn't like i don't know where i create okay so my daughters they they lean more to the left like their mother maybe their mom's their mom's pretty libertarian but the daughters they kind of lean left my sons on the other hand are like staunch republicans anyway They've been on the podcast. I haven't brought my, I need to, I need to do a podcast with my daughters. Anyway, we're talking about Ohio and we're talking, <laughs> focus, Matt. All right. We're focused. J.D. Vance, Senate debate, you know, J.D. Vance, they all talk. Timken, Josh Mandel, that other guy, and J.D. J.D. Vance, the other guy he's done, he's, he's got no chance. I'm sorry, but uh, Timken, I've I've saw some Timken signs. Jane Timken, she's running for Senate. She seemed pretty good. Her answers were good until I listened to her talk about the Ukraine situation. And uh, everyone, Mandel, Gibbons, Timken, the other guy, they all wanted to arm Ukraine. The only one who kind of skirted arming Ukraine was J.D. Vance. And I like that because, folks, it's not our war. They're all like, listen, there's not a man on this stage that wants, this is my politician voice, there's not a man on the stage that wants to put boots on the ground. But we need to arm Ukraine to defeat Putin and Russia. Folks, oh my goodness. No, we don't. What do we get from Ukraine in return? $33 billion, Joseph R. Biden, when you drop a couple more billion over in Afghanistan? My goodness. It's like billion dollars. A billion dollars is a lot of money, folks. Russia's defense budget is $66 billion. The United States budget is over $600 billion. There's no way they'll defeat us unless they launch nuclear weapons. That's it. <sighs> My goodness. And we've already, okay, cut $66 billion. Uh, wow. I, I'm just thinking of that. Cut 66 and a half. It's 33 billion. So we, the United States taxpayer, has just given Ukraine half of Russia's defense budget. I'm just thinking about this doing this podcast. It is amazing. So Josh Mandel, and I got to say this about the guy. He said he's no compromise on the Second Amendment. Brother. I'm with you on that. If Mandel wins, I'm going to go with him. Even though when I was a mailman back when he was running for, I don't know, auditor or whatever for the state of Ohio, and I was delivering his flyers, he was he, he was putting on flyers, him as a Marine wearing a, a vest with nothing on it. It's like, dude, you're not in battle. It's like it's him and just a plain plate carrier with no magazines <laughs> no name nothing 
Is that how y'all rolled in Iraq? I don't know. I was in Afghanistan. Thank goodness I didn't have to go to Iraq. Anyway, Mandel had a great, when it, when it comes to the Second Amendment, I trust Mandel with the Second Amendment. J.D. Vance had a pretty decent Second Amendment stance as well. It was a little weaker than Mandel, but he had a pretty decent stance. And I'm just being honest. When it comes to Ohio Senator, it's Mandel or Vance, right? I'm going to vote, probably vote for Vance. You know, we got a, we got a day left, <laughs> but I'm probably going to vote for Vance in the primary. But if something happens and Vance does something crazy or Mandel comes out and says, listen, we need to stop arming Ukraine, then I might. Folks, we don't need to arm Ukraine. (laughs) My goodness. I'm on the record of that forever with these podcasts. So I'm going to play, I'll play Josh Mandel first, and then I'll play Vance. And you guys, you guys decide. Listen, I know there's folks listening to me like I'm an idiot. That's fine. But you guys decide. Check all this out. Research it yourselves. All right. I'm I'm just putting this together so you guys have a little basis of where you're going on Tuesday. Thank you. We're going to get back to local issues, but I do want to talk about a world crisis that we're dealing with day in and day out right now. And many of you have criticized President Biden's handling of the war in Ukraine, but you also say that you don't want boots on the ground. You don't want to send in troops. So my question is, how far would you go and what would you be doing differently, Mr. Gibbons? My question is, how far would you go and what would you be doing differently, Mr. Gibbons? Well, uh, I think he's doing some of the things that are right. The problem was he did them way too late. When 190,000 troops were assembled on the border, they weren't going to summer camp. Um, He had the opportunity to provide armaments much earlier and he failed. Um, I think his actions in Afghanistan and the, the pullout that uh, there was an embarrassment to all of us uh, just emboldened Vladimir Putin even more. Um, I think what we need to do is arm him to the teeth. And yes, we should not have any American boots on the ground or any American pilots in the air over that country. Uh, and I, I, as I think some of you know, I have a son that's a, a Navy pilot. And uh, just before we were in the green room, he was uh, he he FaceTimed us and uh, he's now being sent on deployment. The last thing I want to see him doing, in fact, we don't know where he's going. The last thing I want to see him do is end up flying in, in the Ukraine. This isn't our war, but we need to support them. We can't let the Ukraine lose and we need to supply them and arm them to the teeth. Well, thank you to your son in his service, Mr. Mandel. I think everyone here on the stage agrees that we should not be sending American boys and girls over there. Uh, As a Marine Corps vet who did my small part on a couple tours in Iraq, sending young men and women, whether it's on the ground uh, or in the air, to this uh, fight with Ukraine and Russia, for me, is just off the table. What are some things we can be doing and should be doing? Sending defense systems. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine here in Ohio who's a Ukrainian-American who's in contact with uh, a lot of folks over there. And some of the things they need, uh, Patriot missile systems, Avenger missile systems, 
Uh, tactical radios is a big thing. Uh, there's so many civilians that they're training on the fly uh, to be war fighters, and they're communicating via cell phones, and the Russians are listening to them. And so tactical radios is actually a, a big need over there. Flak jackets as well. Uh, but the, the most significant need is surface-to-air and surface-to-sea type defense weapon system. Listen, we can't talk about Russia without talking about China. On February 4th of this year, Vladimir Putin flew to Beijing. He met with Xi, who's the leader of the Chinese Communist Party. They put out a joint statement to the world. And in it, there was one line that was addressed to all of us in this auditorium and everyone in America watching at home. And it said this, we, the Russian Federation, we, the Chinese Communist Party, are focused on, quote, the redistribution of power in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, watching in your living rooms, every single day, Xi, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, wakes up thinking about the downfall of America and the rise of communist China. We need senators okay. who understand that and will take on China with Thank every you. ounce of their being. Mr. Vance. So look, just to draw a contrast here, um, everybody says they don't support boots on the ground or pilots in the air, but in past debates, people on this stage have supported a, quote, European-led no-fly zone, which sounds nice in, in theory, but in practice, it would force American fighter pilots to go over to Ukraine and actually shoot down uh, Russian jets. That's a terrible idea. It would be a disaster. And I got to say, at the end of the day, however tragic we find these images of what's going on in Ukraine, this is not our fight. Uh, I worry about something with Ukraine. I worry that it's a massive distraction. The focus on Ukraine is a massive distraction from problems that we have here at home. The same people who for four years told you that Donald Trump was a Russian stooge, the same people who told you that Hunter Biden had no corrupt business dealings in Ukraine are now the same people telling you we've got to escalate escalate, escalate Russian Ukraine. It's a massive distraction. The American media spends 20 minutes on the Ukraine crisis for every one minute it spends on inflation. It spends way more time on Ukraine than it does on the southern border. And right now, as we talk about Ukraine, Joe Biden is talking about rescinding Title 42, which would turn the border invasion that we have in this country right now into something that's two or three times worse than it is, than it is even right now. So at the end of the day, we've got to focus on our own problems at home. I'm fond of saying, because I think it shows how corrupt the priorities of Democrats and Republicans in Washington are, is that for four years, Donald Trump asked Congress for $4 billion, $4 billion for a U.S. border wall. He never got it. Uh, they gave Joe Biden $14 billion for Ukraine aid in a week. We've got to focus on our problems here at home. Our people are dying, and we've got problems closer to home than 6,000 miles away we have to solve. Time. Thank you. Mr. Dolan? So I know who doesn't think this is a distraction. The good people of northeastern Ohio, where we have thousands of Ukrainian uh, folks, and you here in Cincinnati, where Kharkiv is your sister city. And if you're paying attention to what's ha happening in Ukraine, Kharkiv is getting bombed by Putin. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. 
See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Thermador, at your local Ferguson showroom. But their spirit is strong. They're singing their national anthem to stand up to Putin. So imagine how disheartened they must be when a candidate for the U.S. Senate says he does not care at all about what happens to Ukraine. We are America, and our job of the federal government is to defend you. And we can meet crisis when they're at home or abroad. This is a national security because China is watching what's happening in Ukraine. And if we aren't standing strong with our allies, if we aren't providing humanitarian aid, if we aren't providing necessary military so Ukraine can defend themselves, do you think Xi's going to be nervous about going into Taiwan? Do you think Putin's going to say, well, I can go into the next country now? They will. It matters. It also matters here at home, not just because of the human loss, but because it's going to impact our economy. Talk to any farmer about what's happening in Ukraine, what Putin did to them, about what they're expecting with their uh, fertilization, fertilizer, or whatever the word is, and uh, wheat. It matters. It matters what happens in Ukraine. I don't want to put boots on the ground, and I'm not ready to go to no-fly zone, but I am willing to make sure that everyone... China and Russia know America is there. Thank you. Mrs. Timken. The situation in Ukraine was invited by Joe Biden's weakness. It was preventable. We know that the Ukrainians were asking for sanctions and military equipment long before Putin invaded Russia. We need to stand up for Ukrainians and provide them with the military equipment so that they can remove Putin and Russians from Ukraine. As a mom watching uh, the Russians bomb a maternity ward, watching dead people lying in the street, it's heartbreaking. But we need to care about our national security. And by the way, we can walk into chew gum. As a senator, we need to talk about things about protecting our national security and our border security and our energy independence. It's critically important that we get our energy independence back because it affects our national security with Ukraine. Putin is selling oil, and he's continuing to sell energy and coal and oil to the rest of the world. We need to put full court sanctions on Russia. It has to happen sooner rather than later. The sanctions have not been effective. Putin is still able to fund this war. We need to put more sanctions on Russia. We need to provide the Ukrainians with the military equipment that they've been asking for. Surface-to-air missiles, defense, ammunition, to make sure that they can push Putin out of Russia. But at the end of the day, it's about our national security and our importance in the world. Thank you. So with this debate, I was thinking I was just going to play Vance and Mandel, but... I wanted you to hear, as I began that clip, I wanted you to hear everyone. Because Gibbons needs to be heard. Timken needs to be heard. Dolan needs to be heard. The guy who I said was, <laughs> whatever. He's not going to win. But anyway, anyway, uh, I, I think it's a race between Gibbons, Mandel, and Vance. I think Vance is going to pull it off. Um, he's, he's the one that I see when you look at politicians, you want someone who's real. He seems like a real dude. He seems like a real dude. Mandel has that politician flow that I, it just throws me off. I don't know if it throws you off, but it throws me off. 
when I hear that. It's just the cadence of a politician. It's, it's, oh, but he seems right on the Second Amendment. Mandel does. And I'm going to play that in a minute. Why not? Let's just play it now. Let's talk about crime. The crime rate in many cities, including Cincinnati, is off the charts right now. Just last night, we had three little kids, one as young as seven years old, caught in gunfire in Covington, Kentucky. Last weekend, we had two mass shootings again, one out in Sacramento, another one down in Dallas. Recently, Ohio passed a law allowing people as young as 18 to buy a gun and carry it without training. Look, we know you all support the Second Amendment, but even many police officers are opposing this new law. So my question to you is, do you support the change? And if so, what do you say to the critics who say this is just making the crime problem even worse? Mr. Mandel, you can begin. When it comes to our Second Amendment rights, our right to bear arms... I feel that we should never, ever compromise. Our gun rights are given from God. We have them to protect us from tyranny from the government. We have firearms to protect our families. We have firearms to protect our communities. There's a lot of people in the Republican Party, some of them on the stage with me, who want to give in a little here and give in a little there. They are dead wrong. We should never, ever, ever give in to the anti-gun lobby. Because if you give them a little, they'll take a lot. Once they get that camel nose under the tent, they'll keep going and going and going. So when I describe my position when it comes to Second Amendment gun rights, it is no compromise. Never, ever compromise. I also do not believe that anyone watching at home or anyone in this auditorium tonight should need a license or be required to have a license to carry a firearm. We all already have that license. It's called the Second Amendment to the Constitution. And the reality is this. The Second Amendment to the Constitution, our right to bear arms, it is what provides us the protection for all of our under other rights under God and the Constitution. Mr. Vance. Yeah, so look, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment. I was raised by my mammal who, when she died, had 19 handguns. So we believed in the Second Amendment in our household. Uh, and I don't believe we should compromise on fundamental constitutional liberties. And, of course, the Second Amendment is in the Constitution for a reason, and it's up there high for a reason. Uh, so I don't believe in compromise. Now, the question is about crime. And I think the Democrats always pull this weird bait and switch when it comes to the Second Amendment. When the crime rates go up, they always say, well, let's come after the law-abiding gun owners. Okay, well, what about the non-law-abiding gun owners? That's the people who are actually committing these crimes in the first place. Those are the people that you want to put in prison, prevent prevent them from committing crimes. You don't want to disarm the people who are lawful gun owners because then, very well, something may happen in their community, in their home, they're not able to defend themselves. Uh, What has happened in this country? Why, why have we had a massive increase in crime? One, because of a defund the police movement from the left. And two, a very destructive set of policies funded by a guy named George Soros to, to elect radical prosecutors all over towns and cities across this country. And those prosecutors let people out on $100 cash bail. You mentioned the Sacramento shooter. The guy who shot up all those people, innocent people in Sacramento, he was a multiple repeat violent offender. He should not have been walking the streets of our cities in the first place. He was walking the streets of our cities because we have pursued soft on crime policies. That's the thing that we have to fix. I totally agree. The murder situation in this country and in this state is out of control. The way you fix it is by locking up people who are shooting 
uh, innocent people, not by infringing on the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Mr. Dolan. So I started my now 32-year legal career as an assistant attorney general where I rode with the Cleveland SWAT team as we boarded up drug houses. I then moved on to become a chief assistant prosecutor where I sat across the table from families of victims of gun violence. So I know how real this is and I know what we can do to curb violence. And that is to make sure without question we support our police. We support them with finances. We support them with, with the right equipment. We support them with the right training. Because if we do not back the police, they are on the front line of defeating these individuals who are, who are uh, completing these crimes. We also have to make sure we have the right laws. Are we punishing a, someone who uses a gun in the commission of a crime enough to get them off the streets? And are we enforcing the laws that we have now? Now, in my time in the legislature, look, I uh, voted and co-sponsored the Castle Doctrine because that is the immediate defense of ourselves, our home, our car, our property. And I voted for the permanentless carry, working with the police to make some changes so that if you lie to the police, you're going to be held more uh, accountable. But the reality is I'm the only one up on this stage who's got the guts to say that if somebody has been determined mentally ill by a court of law and a doctor, that that person maybe should not have firearms until they get help. That is not about the Second Amendment, folks. That is about preventing unnecessary and awful tragedies in this country. Thank you. Mrs. Timken. Yeah, I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment because it protects us from government tyranny. Also, as a woman that lives on a farm, I'm glad I have a gun in my home to protect me and my family. Look, this is an example of runaway crime based on the Democrats' failed policies. Number one, defund the police. They for the last few years have been attacking our men and women in blue. I've spent the last few years and this last year on this campaign doing back the blue rallies, defending our men and women in blue. In fact, I'm doing four of them this Saturday. It's time we get to back to where we treat criminals like criminals and the police officers like the heroes they are. Also, there's a lot of talk about defending the Second Amendment. I get it. But I'm the only one who is up here defending and fighting for Joe Dieters, the Hamilton County prosecutor to be reelected, who was, by the way, attacked and challenged by a George Soros-backed candidate. We need to have policies on the books and enforce the laws and take criminals who commit crimes with guns out. They, Joe Dieters is absolutely right. There should be no plea deals for anyone who commits a, a crime with a gun, but we need to protect our Second Amendment. Thank you, Mr. Gibbons. The constitutional carry provision that we just had enacted in the state uh, really just enforced what we already had as far as a right under our Second Amendment rights. Um, nothing's really changed. We're just now being allowed to carry the guns. But the people that aren't legally allowed to have those guns aren't going to be able to carry them even their constitutional carry. The same people that are violating the law right now by carrying guns will still be violating the law. We need to check those people out. We need to take the people that are carrying guns and put them in jail, take the guns away. You know, the increase in crime correlates perfectly with the defund the police movement, with low bail, with uh, uh, minimum sentencing, largely funded by left-wing uh, black money, dark money. And, and I'll tell you, um, without that, we would have the same system we had before. 
Crime, uh, crime fell dramatically from the 90s until just a few years ago. And it was done by enforcement by the police, by where the average individual respected a policeman. We have a problem right now. If half of these people who got in trouble with the police just knew the words yes, sir, and no, sir, none of these problems would have ever occurred. So as long as I hit, well, I don't have any more time. I was going to address something else. But, uh, but I'm in full support of the Second Amendment, and uh, I don't think anything's changed other than the right people are going to have the guns. Thank you. There you have it, folks. I, I played each and every candidate who took part in the WLWT debate. I played their comments. They talked about Ukraine, which was what we talk about a lot here on this podcast. They talked about the Second Amendment, which is something that I am very, very much a proponent of. The Second Amendment. So, when I listened to that debate, and it was like three weeks ago, right? So, it's pretty recent. When it came to Ukraine, I thought J.D. Vance gave the best answer. When it came to the Second Amendment, which I love dearly, Josh Mandel gave the best answer. No compromise. The Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Third. Do you know what the Third Amendment is? No compromise. Fourth, fifth, sixth. Listen, uh, I raised, I, 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 I tried to raise my kids right. My son was 17, got pulled over by the Huber Heights PD. They tried to search his car. He invoked his amendment right. It's what Americans do. He didn't have anything on him. He wasn't smoking dope. None of that stuff. He didn't have weed in the car. Nothing. But when I got the DVD back, the cop thought he did because he invoked his right. Folks, it doesn't matter what the cops think. Police officers, whom I believe are doing a very tough job, right? It's a tremendous job that they're doing. It's in a very important job that they're doing. But they're government servants. They're government servants. So when I hear, oh, they're not at a higher level than you are. The same as a politician is not at a higher level than you are. There are no kings in this country, ladies and gentlemen. There are no kings in our state of Ohio. We're all equal in the eyes of God. We're all equal or should be all equal in the eyes of the state. But, folks, cops are better politicians are better than we are no more i say no more but who am i i pick on politicians but i ran for office once i ran for the hubrite city council i'm going to end this i'm going to play a little clip from me running for city council i was a straight-up candidate i earned over 700 votes in a race that probably earned, I don't know, a couple thousand votes in a little city of Huber Heights back in 2015. But since I played all these candidates, I'll play me so I can feel embarrassed and then we'll end the podcast. Folks, get out and vote on Tuesday. If you're a Democrat and you're listening to this, 
I didn't play the Democrat stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. But I love you. And you're important to me. As I love everyone. And they're important to me. I'm kind of a conservative guy. So it is what it is. Now, if a responsible Ohio gets their legislation through, passed, are you going to support marijuana growing in Huber Heights? Yes or no? Yes. And I don't even smoke marijuana. All right, folks, this is Truman's Town Hall. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And I will talk to you later on in this week. We're going to do another podcast, probably do a video. Yeah, we're going to do a video. So check us out. Matt Doc Truman on YouTube. Truman's Town Hall podcast on Facebook and uh, wherever you find us. We're on Spreaker. We're on Apple Podcast. We're on Spotify. Amazon, you could say, play Truman's Town Hall podcast. They'll play it. All that stuff. Guys, I really appreciate you downloading this episode, especially if you made it this far. Thank you so much. You're the best, and I appreciate you. Truly.